Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint Radio Podcast. Tune into our weekly radio show. For more information, go to CheckpointRadio.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Checkpoint Radio Podcast on the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. Exclusive, uncensored, and extended conversations from the nationally syndicated crew of the Checkpoint Radio Show. My name's Nate Bender. I'm joined by the Checkpoint Radio crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and over at the Checkpoint News Desk, Joe Sloan. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has uh, checked out today's episode, as well as the special presentation that we had on our podcast feed earlier this week uh, of course, addressing the terrible tragedy that happened uh, on Sunday out in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, thank you guys for checking that out, for spreading that around. Um, we are so grateful that we have a platform where we can have discussions like that with you guys. And so, you know, if, if you missed out on that and maybe you want to get in on future discussions, make sure you follow us over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint radio. So uh, before, you know, we, we issued... A, a challenge to our uh, our podcast listeners uh, earlier this year uh, around our one year anniversary for the podcast. We said to them, listen, we got 30 reviews in our first year as a podcast. Uh, if we can double that in our second year, if we can get 60 reviews inside of the next 365 days. Robbie would yep. end up making a DIY cosplay of Bubsy. Emphasis on DIY. <laughs> for Joe. Yes, that is correct. Who will have to wear said cosplay on this radio show and podcast. That is correct. Ooh. Yep. The whole show. Joe, when you when you agreed to this. All right, well, let's, let's go back to a few things, first <laughs> of all. You guys all decided this was going to happen, and I had to go no, along okay. with it. No, okay. First of all, Joe, we, we are a democracy. Don't we are even, not. Don't are even give me that. No, okay. I, don't way, even give me that. Well, that's Nobody's what happened. more than anybody else's. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you could have said no. Yeah. You, you. I mean, we gave you the opportunity to... to yeah, you know, actually... Right, the opportunity when it's phrased like, hold what on. would you do for our listeners? Actually, Joe, this is actually very selfish of you. Now, almost yeah. a year later, three uh, uh, three reviews away. Now, oh, suddenly... No, 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 hold on, hold on. Spoilers! I didn't even get to build to the big announcement that we're at 87 reviews, and Robbie here has got to spoil my announcement. We are just three reviews away from it's making exactly that... your fault, idiot. From making that... Bubsy cosplay a reality. And now Joe's over here being like, well, I don't really want to do oh, it, no, no. guys. No, no, no. The whole point is that I don't want to do it, but I had no point that I wouldn't do it. I'm willing to suffer for them. I've suffered on probably more than most okay, of you're, you're, you're not trying to pull like a Bobby Heenan, oh, like, no, no. No, no, right. a lot of this okay. sort, of, sort of routine. No, you no. Sure. I am merely taking umbrage with him saying, when you agreed to do this, because there was not a discussion. Okay, fine. When you didn't disagree to do it. I will allow that. All right. All right. So anyway, we are currently sitting at 87 reviews. Guys, three away. We are we three away. We could be there away. next week. 
I, I, I'm, we better be. I'm, we better I'm be. almost so positive that we will be. We oh. should absolutely be there next week. Now, so, Robbie, you and I were kind of discussing like the timeline for this because mm-hmm. what we're waiting to do is wait until we can get into a Halloween USA. Oh yeah, and we're thinking about maybe in October we could do a live stream yes, of us yes. actually going and buying the stuff. I, I would actually really like you to be along with me. I think that would be hilarious to be able to get your input on on what I'm buying and whatnot. Well, and I, I, I'd like it to be in October too because. <laughs> How hot it is in this room now! Oh, I yeah. couldn't wear it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's it'd not, be a health hazard. It's not we don't pleasant. want him to pass out on stream. Why right. is it not? By the way, why is it ninety degrees in the like end of August? Like this well, makes no sense. It's, it's, it's still summer. Yeah, it's, but here's the problem: is this I, I, I do not, weeks. dude. I do not remember ninety plus degree days going back on to Labor school. Day weekend. No. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, I don't. Man. I don't. I do vividly. Yeah, I, I remember, remember being eighty degrees in October. Yeah, I remember the summer summer of ninety eight specifically. And you would think that I remember it because I did not have air conditioning in a lot of my schools. I think you were just trained to deal with it. Yeah, I, I'm you just telling you, it out. I'm telling you, I do not remember this much extent. I mean, like maybe a day or two That's the here thing or there. How, how it's, it's it how, is. like, dude? It's been since we got back from Connecticut. It has been like uh, this. It has it, been it uncomfortable. Was, it was before we left for Connecticut. It true, before, true. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah, that's true. It's been all summer, dude. Like this. this summer has been brutal it's on us. Fucking summer. Yeah, and half the country's on fire. Yeah, that is also true. Par for the course. That is no, also true. No, this is not no, par for the course. Not in California. This is way worse than it's ever been that's, in history. That is not in California. Not <laughs> helped at all by Verizon. Thank you very much, Verizon, for capping data for people public servants and, and while, yeah, for people California's finest. People God, trying to save lives. Isn't that the worst? I hate that. I hate that story. Like, we talk about, you know, we talk about the idea of data caps, and then it becomes relevant two weeks later. In one of the worst uh, ways possible, too. I know, right? Like, like that, we're on the forefront of all this. Man, that, that story is so disgusting. It's almost by like the way, we know what we're talking about. By the way, I just want to mention, anecdotally, we did reach out to Verizon for comment on that story. We did. Mm-hmm. And all we got back were boilerplate. Uh, you know, it's oh, probably well, a robot that responded. No, it's not. I got two different PR people to respond. Because mm-hmm. when I reach out, I, I reach out to all of the... <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, all of the PR people, the people that... You it know, goes super extra when it comes oh, to that. Oh, I do. I, and, and, and I really like try to trace this stuff down. Because I, I, I had a couple of very specific questions. Okay? Which individual slash department was responsible for telling the firefighters that they had to buy an increased data cap program. Well, that's probably and just what's a, the status of that person in and or department at Verizon right, right now? Right. Simple and, and, question. And, 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 and Norris, before you actually go and try and make excuses for him, devil's advocate or not, because I, I had a similar conversation with a lady that I worked with, and she's like, when the first person heard we are the fire department fighting the largest fire in California, exactly. why did you not immediately go, let me get your boss? Even and, and each time, well, let me get my boss yeah. until someone had the authority to say, uncap that shit. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's, here's the thing. Uh, you're, uh, to your questions, you may get, the most you will get is the uh, person's re- person or persons responsible have been let go. You will never, ever get, 
who they actually no, were. No, no, no. Yeah, that's I, illegal. That's yeah. yeah no, no I, and and nor nor would I ask them to reveal who that person yeah. is. I, I just want to know what the status of that person in slash the department. Uh, slash department is inside the company because you would think that a department that corrupt or that misguided at that point you would have to do something with right. Like there would you have to be so. some kind of investigation. But no, what nah. all they said was that's their, wishful thinking. Was their boilerplate explanation of well this was an oversight on our part and we're committed to helping public servants and this will never happen again so whatever okay thanks verizon we appreciate you clearing that up anyway let's talk about our itunes review because we got an uh we we've only got three more to go and we got uh, a brand new one from uh trout fish who wants to read uh our new i'll read it all right norris go ahead started listening to checkpoint radio a year or so back but only recently discovered the podcast and highly recommend it the topics are consistently engaging and their team has great chemistry that makes it fun to listen fun to listen in regard in regardless of the i guess that's supposed fun to, to be, listen in regardless of it's supposed to be fun to listen irreg- to irregardless no no because irregardless is not a word it's not i think it's supposed to be Regardless, to listen to regardless, regardless. There we go of the subject. There we go. Keep up the great work. See, Thank y'all you, be Fish. making me feel like I'm dyslexic. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was no, no not y'all. I'm talking about oh. the people writing the reviews. Thank you for the review, but you know what I'm saying. Grammar, he also calls guy. us the go-to gaming podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, guys. Three reviews away from making the Bubsy cosplay a reality. Please, 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 please help us make that a reality. Head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it and leave us a rating and a review let us know what you think of the show be honest we're not asking for five-star reviews if you don't think we've earned a five-star review don't, don't leave give a five-star us one. review don't do it we'll be happy to read a one-star review we just need 90 total reviews to get across that finish line and get this man into some fur here <laughs> okay. by the way oh, wait, right, hold, hold on up. hold on by the way once he does not this. know did not know did not know that uh halloween usa started selling fur Suits, so I'm going to be really interesting. Uh, interested to see how you, how, you, how you guys end up pulling okay, this together. Real quick, once he dons the Bubsy costume, he's officially a furry, he's a isn't furry, he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Interesting. Mm. You guys yeah. want to go down that road? Mm. We got to introduce you to Sonic Fox. I'm not Sonic Fox. <laughs> he's a wonderful individual. No, I mean your personas have to meet yeah. at that yeah. point. Mm. <laughs> your personas. <laughs> oh, gross. That's so weird. Uh, you know what, right. Nate? I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna adopt a fursona, oh, and I'm God. gonna tell you all about it. No. Yeah. I, no. That is where this is going. You should, do, flood, you should flood his Twitter feed with just pictures. I'm gonna of flood your the fursona. checkpoint chat with it. Do you want to get fired? Because that's a great <laughs> that's way to get, get fired. Sarah even says, "I don't know how to feel about that." <laughs> She's like, "Look, look, not knowing how to use a salad fork. That's one thing. All right, this is going a little too far." Yeah. To be exactly. fair, I just didn't recognize the salad fork. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Yeah, I was okay. aware of how to use a fork. Okay. Yeah, all right. Right. That's why you tried to give it back to the waiter? Well, yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. You gave me two. You gave me two two of these. (laughs) They were very similar in size. Like, size has anything to do... Never mind. You know what? We're not going down that road. We're not going to go down that road again. If anything I've learned from Scott Steiner, it's that size... 
does matter. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, okay. Let's... By the way, we talked for an hour last week about the Washington Post in a hotel room. We did. And shit like that is why we were able to do it. Yeah, that, no, you're not you're wrong. We've killed 11 minutes on this program. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the reason why we are here. That's uh, right. Miyamoto came out with some interesting statements about the current state of the game industry, specifically the cost associated with video games that's passed along to the consumer. Yeah, He's a well-respected uh, individual. I, well, so I understand, yes. Yeah, essentially he came out and, and he straight up, he said like like in, 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 in no simple terms that loot boxes and microtransactions, they're bad for the gaming industry. Like, period. They need to now, go. Now, mind well, you, here, here's the thing that I find is very interesting about that, not just that statement, but also who it comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've heard analysts and data people and all that other stuff, people do market research and all that stuff. They say, yeah, it makes perfect sense for the game companies, doesn't make much sense for the, the consumer. consumer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's somebody who's not coming at it from that angle of either. Here, This is somebody that is a creative. Somebody who is behind the scenes in the game and especially in Nintendo where he's followed the development of some of the most iconic titles from beginning and directly responsible. I, I, I mean, let's be fair. At this point in this generation of gaming, he is th- essentially like the steward of uh, of like old school gaming, well, right? Yeah, like, he's, he's like a he, par- he's like a paragon of light. He is, yes. he is he is a guy that represents all the aspirational ideas of really what Nintendo is. And and I like that you went out uh, went out of your way to call him a creative because even though he is a high ranking official at Nintendo. Um, Miyamoto has been hands-on in the DNA of, of the most popular series to come out of Nintendo and has been a critical voice for the direction that the company has taken and indeed is a very trusted voice inside of the gaming industry. So to have his take on this, I think, is really important. Um, what was the exact statement that that he gave? Do uh, we have the quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's the one that honestly really, really speaks to me because it, it's That's not, like not he, what he asked you, Robbie. Let me set it <laughs> up, Norris. Come on here, all right. Giving you a little bit of a, a, a basis here okay. it is in this quote. You can he's see, trying to paint a word yes, picture. In ah. this quote here, you can see too that, that it's not just money that he's after. Mm. Let, let's be honest that that's all microtransactions are, right? He really right. you can sense that that as you said, he's someone who really cares about both the consumer and I think and the developer. He even says he says I can't say that our fixed cost model has really been a success, but we're going to continue pushing it forward until it becomes entrenched the way everyone can develop games in a comfortable environment by focusing on bringing games to the widest range of people possible and i think that that's important because you know as a game developer obviously you can see how much lucrative uh uh value is in loot boxes you know you you have a random, money hand over fist it really is and and the fact that you've got people who are already psychologically trained for the gaming aspect of it the chance the random chance aspect of it um but you know like but at the same time, want something specific out of it. That creates a kind of perfect storm of com- fiscal com- well, I, compulsion. I, I, compulsion. I also see it is compelling. Like it, it's it's one of it, like I don't I don't mean that as obsessive compulsion, right? I'm just talking about 
internally, if you understand the psychology of somebody, that pulls at the mechanisms that make you want to continue to invest in something. It is the same psychological mechanisms that are at play in gambling. Yeah, no, it's crack. But, I mean, the thing, <laughs> the thing well. is, what, I mean, similar dopamine releases. It's, it's, all this has been studied. But the thing is, to me, that I find interesting is that not so much the consumer side, because the consumer side, we've we've talked about at, at length about how it affects the, cons- the consumer, how consumers interact with loot boxes and all that stuff. I'm more interested more so in the development side, right? Because we've talked so many times about how difficult it is for so many developers to actually finish their games, right? To have a game and its story arc or whatever it is that they were trying to accomplish reach a logical conclusion. Right. I think when you have a, a market that has, you know, pretty much enveloped or, or, or uplifted microtransactions, games as a service, all that kind of, all those kind of keywords. I think it becomes incredibly hard for a developer to say, here's a game beginning, middle, end, and it's done. I think the suits then swoop in and say, well, how can we monetize this? How can we add microtransactions to this? How can we do this? How can we do that? What is going to be the recidivism rate on, it, uh, exactly. on this game? As opposed, which is a very weird term to associate with, right, with video as, games. as opposed to, you know, even a game like The Last of Us, which has a multiplayer tagged on that nobody gives a shit about. Right. Like, you 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 have microtransactions tied to that, and yeah, it may have made Naughty Dog a little bit of money. That wasn't something that people were buying the game for, and yet, that game still <laughs> sold very well. So, I, I think that concept that it has to have microtransactions in order for it to be lucrative, no, first and foremost, well, it's gotta be a good fucking game. And actually, that speaks to some of the other things he said. He, he says, we're lucky to have such a giant market, so our thinking is, if we can deliver games at a reasonable price to as many people as possible... We'll see big profits, and IMO, does the Switch not prove that? Exactly, yep. and that's really the thing. Nintendo truly is the last kind of bastion of that sort of philosophy of game design. Now, sure. I mean, that's not to say they don't ever have a DLC. Breath of the Wild had uh, had a little mini DLC. And, but it but, was justified. It was, like, justified through the game. The gamers wanted it. Like, yeah. you know well, what and I mean? see, I feel like if, if DLC's done right, like, okay, you put your game out, and if you take the time to develop something new, again, that's reasonably priced, Right. I don't think gamers have a problem with that. No, it wasn't no. fucking horse armor, let's put it that way, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that's, just, but that's just it. When you put out a good product to start with, yeah. and people will finish and go, damn. I want more. That was great, and I want more. Now, if you want to develop a DLC, you are fully justified. Yeah, in the, doing those, so. those doors yeah. are wide open. Now, here's the thing, though: is you know uh, Miyamoto's talking about the fixed cost aspect of game development, which is. Something that I can see, you know, Nintendo has had a long term, uh, a, a, a long standing eye on the bloating budgets of games and has done something internally to be able to address that. Right. Like their games are not the most graphically, uh, uh, you know, superior products no, on the market. But they are at- they're artistically <clears throat> beautiful, they're, but they're not overdeveloped in the way that right. every single little detail needs to be there because those kinds of things take man hours and development hours. Well, and, and I think- so so Nintendo has a very kind of streamlined process when it comes to their games and I think that's a company where we can expect that the that if they're going to go with the fixed cost route that 
every game that we're going to see from them is going to be somewhere around sixty dollars. Are, are, are you kind of suggesting that because Nintendo doesn't go for like you know the Square Enix super high def sort of thing, they keep their sort of the, uh, their development costs lower to where maybe they haven't needed they totally to do. embrace a transition? Yes, uh, that's, uh, that is that they is totally do a million percent exactly I mean, just think what about, I'm saying. Just think about how much it costs to develop like a Mario Party or right. Mario Tennis or even a Mario Kart as opposed, or even how much it took to develop Breath of the Wild as opposed to a Final Fantasy 15 right or any you know AAA title that's coming out for any of the other consoles it's not even close because we've identified even a lot of these predatory DLC uh, uh, practices and loot box loot boxes are as a kind of a response to and a result of ballooning development costs and and ballooning development times you know and I sympathize with developers who say listen it takes a really long time to come up with a map that detailed with as many you know things placed around the map as as there is and i do sympathize with that don't get me wrong but at the same time nintendo seems to have thought about this way farther down the road than anyone else has and so if the rest of the industry if we're going to hold them to that fixed cost expectation should we not expect the cost of you know the msrp to go up a little bit? literally just what i was going to ask you because we have seen that that's 60 dollars our price point has been around for so long. Ever since and I it was hasn't a, adjusted for it. Okay, exactly. I don't think but, it's ever changed what, in my lifetime. What about instead of being like, all right, fine, if you're making these super, you know, graphic intensive stuff, you can raise the price. What about instead, why don't they find a way to reel it back and cut their costs? Because again, as Nintendo has shown us with stuff like Breath of the Wild, you don't need super amazing lifelike but, graphics but at the same to sell time, like But at the same time, there's still a space for that type of game. There, there yeah. is. There, sure. There's still a space for your Skyrims, for your Cyber punks for your game your absolutely massive massive triple a big huge budget games i think the problem though is is that you don't need a big budget triple a title every quarter and True. that's what's happening not right just now that, not just that but when when you get a triple a game that takes 10 percent of the a total possible potential audience that is an underperforming game and so you need to be able to make those those residuals back somehow and that's how we get the backsliding into these predatory right. practices it, is because well the game's already made the money's already spent how do we recoup but, on but this? not just that is because if people want to wonder why, you know, the newest Pokemon sells so well, why the newest Zelda sells so well, why all these Nintendo products sell so well when they come out, depending on the platform, it's because you know that that's the one for that gen or that's the one. Like, Wind Waker came out, everybody bought it because Ocarina of Time was great. And then Skyward Sword came out, or excuse me, Twilight Princess came out after that and everybody was like, damn, I gotta make sure I pick this up because I don't know when the next damn Zelda They've game is coming out. a legacy that you know you can trust. But, but, and that's also kind of the problem for anyone who isn't named Nintendo, though, is you is while Nintendo can get away with having that smaller budget and, and not necessarily expending what you might see on graphics not everyone gets to do that because not everyone has the intrinsic built-in audience that's going to buy no buy it no matter what it is that nintendo does true so i think there is room for like you say uh if, if a company wants to come out like cyberpunk 2077 is a great and it, it is a humongous game with a huge world tons of different options tons of customization and guess what it's a hundred bucks i buy it there's no dlc or we're not doing a microtransaction with it, but it's a hundred bucks I'll buy SRP. 
I'd buy it. Here's the thing. I would buy it if I had the guarantee of saying, okay, here's what you're getting. You're getting the entirety of the main game, and we have two planned DLCs, right? Hundred bucks. I'd, I'd buy it, and that's the only. I, and that's the only way I could buy it. I'd buy it. I, I, would, I, I hate to be the curmudgeon here in the group, but I would not. Uh, it depends if it's if it plays the exact same amount of time that any other game of that type is. I don't think I would either. I I'm gonna need to 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 know that I'm gonna get more out of it than just the best graphics so far. Yeah, especially. No, but, but especially. if they're guaranteeing you, if they're guaranteeing you. 80 to 90 hours of gameplay not not even counting you know at 100% Skyrim was 80 90 hours and I spent $60 on that right 80 90 hours right and on top of that, you're getting a DLC. And on top of that, you're getting whatever else that they decide but, to but throw But what you're in. describing, though, are season passes. Yeah, can right. I just buy that's, them separate that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what we have now. Right. We have $60 games with $30 season passes for DLC. Well, we have going, season passes for games that are not complete. That's also a part of the problem, too. If you have a season well, pass for that, a game I mean, that's complete, or you have a season pass for... I, I don't, I'm not talking about paying for stuff that's already on the disc. That's part of the problem with season passes but what i'm saying is if you have a game where they have hey we are planning brand new content to continue to support this game oh, we want your money up front and, and not gonna and fly with want, me and we want it up front and for a game like cyberpunk that i know is coming from a trusted uh, a trusted studio and joe's right it's be, it's because they are a trusted studio that i would do that if this was a first time studio yes i'm much more skeptical in that sense to do something I still like would that. Uh, so, well, all right what's the difference the hundred dollar the 99 dollar price tag scares me off though what is the difference between them saying give it give all of it to us up front mm-hmm. or just saying here buy the 60 dollar game and if you like it, then invest in the DLC. Then get the season pass, and here's the DLC that we're outlining from the word go. No, because it's, what, it's, what, it's, what it's we're just, talking about I mean, it's also the exact, is that, Well, uh, all I'm saying is, is that it's the exact same pricing, just a, a little bit more up front, right? Well, that's and, what I'm saying is different. I'm talking about... That's more honest. I'm, it well, is. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not more honest, but the problem is, is that when you have... That adds development time now to the entire project, right? A lot of these DLCs... DLCs, the reason that they come out staggered the way that they do is so that you can get what what progress you've made on the game out so that you can start getting money back in your coffers to be able to continue and see through the development of your DLC cycle. A lot of times that has been planned as the full game. And what we hear developers say again and again is that this is just the cost of what video games take to make these so, days. So yeah, and this so this is what I'm kind of hitting. I'm not talking about you know a planned DLC being announced with it. I'm talking about the game is one hundred dollars. No, I, I I know, and right. I'm saying that the hundred dollars, even if it's up front, even if you're telling me all the de- all the content has been developed up front, up front, we're not going to sell you a season pass. It's a hundred dollars. You get everything. It's on the disc, done, and that's it. Right. Still not doing it. Okay. Then I think we need to have. I think that. Answer right there is why the microtrans market exists because right. that price point stayed at sixty dollars. You're absolutely for ten right. years longer You're than totally it should have. Right. And, that, and that's what I'm saying is that you you can't have it both ways. You can't say that oh I'm I'm not gonna buy it for a hundred dollars, but and then lambast the companies for I'm having not, I'm not lambast. Microtrans. I, I understand. Microtrans. Listen, I I understand the rational need for that. I'm just saying ninety nine dollars for a single game. I'm out. 
And it's not I understand why they would be doing it. I understand it's more upfront. I understand it's more honest. Just as a consumer, just can't as do a it. consumer, mm-hmm. hundred bucks for a game can't do it. Sorry. And, and, I, and I'm not like that's just on an emotional level or a reaction. I understand how much quali- how much how much money have you spent in Pogo? I don't know. First of all, th- this response here isn't rational because How I have spent. It? It's not. No, I, I, no. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying to you the the response that we're giving you the the feeling of hundred dollar game. Nope, not doing that. That is irrational because yes. you're right. I have spent way more money on loot oh, okay, boxes. Okay, then why is this a point we're talking about if we're not talking about rationality? Because we're talking about dollars and cents. That's got to be based in something rational. Well, B- because if we're talking about where do the where does this culture come from? It comes from a need to be able to make more. It, just like just like movies, dude. It, it's the exact same thing. The ballooning production costs of movies mean that they have to be more successful. And guess at what? The box movie, office. And movie ticket prices went up. Yes, to to compensate for that. Yes, and, and nobody less, and, and no- less people, less people started going to the movies. We got when, things like Movie Pass. Well, yeah. Once once movie prices started to balloon, theaters had to figure out how to be able to provide well, that and, premium but the, but experience. The thing is we're also we're also taking you know a massive economic. You know, collapse in the middle of the decade to to, to compensate for that. So some that that is a part of the context. But I think to Joel's point, as he was saying, is that everything else has increased in cost to compensate for the ballooning cost mm-hmm. of everything. Totally, else. games have, have not. not. And so when I you can guess. sit back and say that. You have no problem spending two hundred dollars on Pogo. I do have a problem with that. But if you, if you had said okay you're gonna the the cost is two hundred dollars up front to get into Pogo I would have been out and and, but, and, and, you and, can, and this is the, this is the whole point right here is literally that is why microtransactions are so dangerous and to because your, literally they got the same amount of money out of him more, more actually probably more, more probably more going one nickel and one dime at a time and that's my point tell me up front that it's a hundred bucks let me make the decision then. And then I know that I am getting everything that you have completed for this game. What that, that what that means for the developer at the end of the day is selling four hundred thousand copies of the game instead of one point three million. But if that's the that's, case, that's the kind of hit. That's the kind of hit that the first game that makes this move is going to take. And you can sit here and say that we do need to be rational in talking about this, but people. Aren't right, but now, here's the point. Especially, aren't. especially when it comes down to their buying decisions, they really are. It, it doesn't matter how much money they're theoretically spending. There mm-hmm. will be people that just go, no. Nope. I mean, I'm not and, disagreeing with and that. And the point that we understand the economic underpinnings of this, we have to we have to accept. Listen, we study this in some regard, and I know we don't like to kind of you know embrace this idea, but in some regard, we're experts here, right? We understand this. Ninety nine percent of the consumers that you lay this in front of are not going to understand why cyberpunk instead of everything else is $60 why cyberpunk would be $100 even if you go out of your way to explain it even then only some people are going to get it other people are going to go not fuck it rip off let me tack this on just really quick Joe imagine teenagers and kids going up to their parents and saying buy me this game it's a hundred bucks Sure, I get all that, but here's the thing. One sec, Norris. Go ahead, go ahead. We are sitting here praising Miyamoto for what he's saying about trying to maintain this price model, and what I'm telling you is that what he is saying is fucking nonsense. 
it can't be done unless someone's willing to make that jump. Yeah, and that that that's exactly what, saying, what I'm saying. Sounds well. great, and it makes for a fun soundbite and a great interview. But it's nonsense. No, no it's not. doing it. It is not. And that and and exactly, they're Ro- doing Ro- it right now. Robbie is exactly right. But they're doing they, it right it is, now. It's not nonsense because even after the uh, uh, the terrible terrible console no, that no, was no. the Hang Wii on. U. Hang on. The reason that it is working is that Nintendo is still a company, and 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 again. Again, they've had to make this decision from the ground up. It's sure. it's nonsense because only Nintendo can do it. It's That's just why them. it's nonsense. No, it's Who can only copy Nintendo that? Can, can you t- hold on? Can you tell me right now that Sony comes out with PS5 and they say, you know what? It's not as graphically intensive as the PS4, but all games are going to be fifty bucks. And you know what? You may not be getting you know the next Elder Scrolls on it. You may not be getting the next Fallout on it. You may not be getting it's the dead next, on release. It's dead. It would be economic suicide for that company. Wow. Nintendo yeah. is the only company that can do Hang it on. because they never built their company. On graphical fidelity and big budget games in the that first place. Parallel doesn't work because the amount of games that Sony is directly responsible for developing are nowhere near the amount of games that Nintendo is directly responsible for developing. So it is a cultural difference. And here's the thing I have to put the responsibility squarely on the developers. If Miyamoto and Nintendo can see this trend coming from 10 years down the road and plan their development projects to account for that, then you know what? Other people saw it too. Cliffy B saw it. Nobody decided to listen to him. There have been plenty of people, us included, complete laymans up until about two years ago that have seen these same trends emerging. Yeah. And in, and you know what the difference is? We don't have stake in that. We don't have skin in that game. Okay? We're not the greed pigs sitting here, hey, let's fuck our audience yeah, out of everything that they're worth. As quickly as we can. Exactly. That's what the likes of EA, Square Enix, sure. f- uh, the, uh, the the likes of the mainstream AAA industry has done for the better part of three but does years. That, but does that make what I just said incorrect? No, no. You're, no. See, you're saying that people can't do it. They won't do it, and there's a difference. Developers need to do it because to it's cons- unsustainable. To, to you as the consumer, is there a difference? No, there's no difference. B.I. can't and won't. There's no difference. If if that is exactly what Sony announced for their next console, I can guarantee you everybody in here will be like, well, I guess I'm on PC only now. Sony wouldn't announce that for the next console. Developers need to start managing on the expectations. It's on the developers. That's the, that's the issue. But no developers are going to do that they because have to. This, model is, this model is too profitable for them they, right now. They have to because if they don't, we're going to see repeated again and again, the same thing that happened with No Man's Sky, We Happy Few, and tons of other games that have come out that didn't meet the expectations Star of their Wars audience, whether fair or not. But, yeah. the, but okay? the video game, it, it becomes yeah. completely unsustainable, even from the top down. Yep, and that's And that's what Miyamoto is saying. Yeah. And and, and whether you agree with, with you know, uh, uh, whether or not his, his uh, uh, you know, approach is sustainable, it's definitely accounting for a lot of these things that we've been sitting around as commentators yep. on the video game industry going, hey, why does anyone else realize yep, this? Totally, totally yeah. fucking true, and nobody but Nintendo's gonna do it.
That's correct. I mean, at the end of the day, when you when these people look at the money, like video games as an industry continue to grow exponentially, despite We Happy Few, despite No Man's Sky, and any, all those infinite setbacks. Star Citizen. Uh, Star, Star Citizen is hey, the hey, prime example. Hey, to be example. fair, I heard that Star Citizen is coming out with the next Game of Thrones Star book. Citizen. Oh, that I would believe. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, 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 everything about that game is a fucking, tra- is a fucking tragedy, now, honestly. Nate, and, and Nate, what you're alluding to is that the current model for video games is a bubble, and it's going to burst eventually. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, totally. but here's the problem. But what like, Norris and I are, are saying is, though, that's just what's going to happen. And it's there been, is no stopping dude, it. Dude, it's been built on decades worth of bullshit. It's been built yep. on, on, on shady business practices that have been now passed down to these indie guys who are trying to kick the door wide open and make as much money as they can, and when it becomes that easy to recognize, people go, oh yeah, that's shitty, but it's the same fucking behavior. Yeah. That the AAA game studios have perpetuated for the better part of it sounds 10 years. like the dot com boom. That, yes, that's, that's, it, 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 that's it exactly is. what it is. But that's the thing is if 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 the consumer cannot wrap their head around an increase in a standard SRP at some point, then this is where it's going. Right. And, and, hold on, it's but going. even though even though there was a dot com boom and that bubble burst, the internet didn't end. Okay, the internet well, as the, we the internet no, is a medium, but not, not a, just but not just that. Okay, the concept a, of yeah, the concept of e commerce didn't cave in onto itself because the bubble burst, right? It just this, became more manageable. It, it became more manageable. I mean, when, when, it became more streamlined. Yeah, when Bitcoin, so, when the Bitcoin bubble bursts, I mean, you know, the, it's already kind of burst. It's already it, kind of burst, it, which is already halfway there. But but the, but the underpinnings of the um, what do you call it? The, the cryptocurrency, the, not the cryptocurrency, oh, but the blockchain. Ex- blockchain. Yeah, yeah, that is gonna uh, that'll still be that. Exactly. Will but that's my but that's my point is that to jo- to what Joe was saying is that maybe this is something that just has to happen, and unfortunately, it will studios will fold. People People will lose jobs. The industry will be harmed. But I don't think that is something that will all of a sudden destroy the concept of video games as we know. Because in the ruins of that rubble will still stand Nintendo. Here's well, yeah, that's okay. that's, That's a very good point. But here's the thing: is that the first dozen or so titles that try it will suffer. Will really suffer. No, they will. And if and if they're at the point where they have to be able to raise their SRP like that, then what makes you think that that's in any way viable for business? But it's you, a it's a perception problem. And and this is and basically what I'm trying to say is this is why I sympathize sometimes with the games industry and, totally. the, and the position that they're in because even though everyone is hype off of Cyberpunk 2077 right now. If CD Projekt Red came out and said that's a $99 game, the internet would shit its pants, lit yeah. its hair on fire, yep. and then run around in circles saying, yep. my pants are full of poop and my hair's on fire. And not well, still buy it and not be enjoying the fuck out of and it. And that's fine. But you you do understand that a significant portion, a significant percentage of enough would not buy it. Yes. And it would tank it. And then you would have all of these people saying, yep, this is, you know what, the- this is why we need needed the microtransactions this is why we needed the loot boxes this is why they weren't predatory they just help our bottom line by the way the only way that this gets avoided really is if the we were already seeing it kind of right the 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 sentiment around microtransaction loot boxes especially loot boxes but even microtransactions has noticeably soured it has to sour enough 
that a company can legitimately say, like, we're upping the SRP and not including any microtransactions. No, and the only and, and that's that, only a few developers that can do that. And but the, they will be the ones to open the door. The only yeah. one that I think could do it, and this, I don't know, this may shock you guys. I know who you're going to say. The only one that can do it. There is only one title that is able to get away with this. That would be Star Wars Battlefront 3. Because the two I knew you were going to say EA product. I didn't know which EA product, but I knew it was EA. The reason why is that it has tried and failed twice, even with the Star Wars name. It has tried to monetize itself to the point where it thinks it can make its money back. Whether Mm -hmm. they were trying to be greed pigs or not is an opinion and and not an objective fact. Okay. Okay. What they were. uh, Let's assume for the sake of this discussion that what they were trying to do was adequately price their game so that they could make back the money that it took to develop it and be able to pay off the Star Wars license in the process. Right. Okay? Didn't they they tried to do that with the first with the first one, didn't they? What they did with the first one, it was a $60 game and then Map Packs brought the entire cost up to $90 when all was said right. and done. That's the closest that anyone has came to saying SRP $100, SRP $90. Yeah. It's the closest anyone got. Then they tried to come back and do it around with loot boxes, uh, 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 arguably a bit more of a clever method, uh, uh, you know, to try to sneak that in. More, more insidious. Would have worked if they had if they had tweaked just a handful of things about, about it. it. Yep. But that's a second failure of epic proportions on this. Now, the only way I think that they are able to do it and do it in a way where they don't get the the backlash and they 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 get a a public open enough to a higher SRP at the expense of all. All of this ancillary it's an bullshit IP that's already failed, and we're trying trying to, bring to do this it. Back. Yep. So they come out and they say ninety bucks, ninety dollars. Because I know I you know I just pulled a hundred out of the top of my out of my ass earlier. Ninety dollars. You get Battlefront three in its entirety. It's done, and we guarantee servers stay online minimum five years because that's got to be part of the discussion if we do this, right? So and five years worth of and, content and hold on. I'm not saying and, five years worth of content. I'm saying servers are on minimum five years. No, no, no. Mm. That's the minimum. And if there is extra content that we develop free, see, free. I feel like if there, there, like, like there needs to be like, like that there will be extra content. You know, one of the things that, that, that I really respect about fallout 76 is they're like, look, you're going to pay a single price for this, right? Sure. There are cosmetic stuff, but you can also get all that stuff in games. So there's no actual reason to buy anything, but since you have bought the game, you will get any content that comes out with sure. it from now till forever. Two things about that. The only way that system is sustainable is either you have a, a microtrans shop, which yep. they do, yep. yeah. and this is and the whole premise of this is that they're doing no microtrans, so they can't have that, or it's only sustainable as long as new people are coming into the game, because that's, that's your true. only cash flow. That's true, too. Yeah. So... That's very hard to do yes. without a cash out, which is but why I'm the saying same they guarantee time, five years. But at the same time, the Fallout 76 is built off the same engine that Fallout 5 was, so it's not like they were doing a lot of de- you know development costs associated with that game. Yes. So that... All that also is something that you yeah, know kept take into the, account. Yeah. It kept the cost of that game low, so they can put it out from a you know initial cost and not have to worry about a sub. Yeah, so and that's that's a little different. Fallout seventy six. Yeah, but why, why can't we get to a point though where they don't have to keep pushing these fidelity boundaries? Well, I mean, because that, I, mean, I think we're up, there. Because that's we're where there. Money we're, we're, already, we're already there. Yeah. I think we're to a point to where we're we're gonna start hitting the uncanny valley anyway, right? But but the so thing, shouldn't that at that point hopefully 
We don't continue to balloon well, our costs. Well, once technology, well, but things have once, to balloon. That's the thing. Things once have to technology balloon. starts catching up, if they start focusing more on finding easier ways to do what they're doing, like what uh, uh, um, um, Aloy, uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. the way that they 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 had the, the basically the, the the graphics process themselves, so you only had to see what you were seeing, right? Start well, finding most, cleverer ways of doing this so you're not spending the bulk of your budget But most sandboxes fidelity. are developed the same way now. Right. They only render what you're actually looking mm-hmm. at and whatever is in like your half mile square uh, square area. So the thing is is that when, when we're talking about this and we're talking about uh, industry, virtually every industry has grown, busted and had to come back and, sus- and sustain itself after, after a bust. The railroads did it. Airlines did it. Automobiles did it. Video games did it. Video games did it. It may have to do it again. As a matter of fact, cars did it twice because it did it once in the seventies. Then it did it again well, in the. In the but the it, it talk about how the like e- you know even if they find a way to start like getting smarter about how they're getting to this end fidelity that they're at, doesn't change the fact that labor costs are only going to go up while your SRG is apparently staying the same. No, no, no. And 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 again, I am sympathetic to all of those things, but you need the right. You need the right property to be able to pull this off. It's got to start either, somewhere. Either something that's so damaged that it's going to be able to ride out the controversy of of the you know ninety to hundred dollar SRP. See, I don't think or that- or something so unindictably amazing that it justifies the one hundred dollar. Well, price I rate. think we need a little of both because I don't think that Star Wars could do it given the history. But if they fail enough times and then somebody else does it correctly. I think well, then we, they could, uh, we they could have, go with it. We have Ryoko in the chat who says, personally, when it comes to paying for uh, extra content, I'd rather do, I'd rather do straight up pay for DLC, or, or I guess he's saying he'd rather pay for it straight up, like through a season pass or whatever. But we're not talking about necessarily paying for extra content. What we're talking about is if the price of the game itself, day one, Costs more. We're using ninety dollars or a hundred dollars as a as a benchmark. It doesn't have to the be idea, that high. Instead it of having be, microtransactions yeah. to, to continue yeah. to support your game, your game is fifteen bucks more. You charge Every enough copy. for it straight up that you yeah. don't have to do any of that. Yeah. No, and I understand what Ryoku's saying is that you know I, I want the option whether or not to invest in my DLC. That's the other thing is that you know if you come out with a hundred dollar SRP and your game ends up becoming shit in the fifth hour. You know what I mean? I've played games like that. Oh, where yeah. After a while, it tar- it like starts off really good, but then it doesn't do anything to That's innovate. That's about the last two Deus Ex. You know, not to mention that, Thank you. There, there's been a few times where I played the game, <clears throat> loved the game, right, but kind of got burnt out before I got to the end, so I didn't get to play the DLC that I already paid for. And then there's the very real danger that once that happens, you can't walk that back. Now mm-hmm. every game is at that one hundred dollar level, whether that deserves it or not. Yep. You know? Can you imagine? Imagine a game like PUBG coming out, and uh, granted, it's uh, you know they thought a lot about their pricing strategy when they put out the game. But can you imagine a game like PUBG or as shameless as For Honor coming out and trying to justify the one hundred dollar price here's, tag? And here's something that Nintendo does that I want the industry to do more is the fact that Nintendo embraced the smaller game. Yes, Nintendo embraced. 
party games. They embraced the cart games. They embraced so many other games that they knew weren't necessarily going to require a big budget development. You know, big budget development to help boost up smaller games, games, but make them so fucking good, make them so well that you don't need to depend on just budget. You don't need to depend on your budget in order to you know cover up some of the other little gameplay fault. We saw Assassin's Creed do the shit for the better part of 10 years. Yeah. Right? Can Use you imagine big but, budgets to cover up gameplay flaws. But that's what I'm saying though. As soon as you get Cyberpunk 2077 putting their game out at a at a $90 SRP, yeah. you're going to get Assassin's Creed following suit. Ah, well, and that's yeah. what I even if they're and not putting go, out a $100 quality game, right. exactly. they're still going to do it. No, exactly. no, no. And I, and I and I understand the trepidation. Don't think I don't understand the trepidation. I'm just saying Either we're going to have to figure out, as an industry, they're going to have to figure out doing something more honest, upfront, and honest, ec- honestly equitable with microtransactions, yeah. or MSRP is going to have to go up. Period. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and also, by the, by the way, there is an ecosystem that can support both, by the way. Totally. Just saying. Totally. Yeah, it doesn't have to totally. one or the other, but what I'm saying, I'll say about this is, Assassin's Creed wants to go to 90 bucks, and if the better part of people go, wait a minute... Cyberpunk was worth 190 bucks. Assassin's Creed's not going to be, even if it's the best Assassin's Creed in the series, it's not going to be worth that much. Right. Well, the market will bear that out. That is very true. And, they, and then they may have to go back and say, well, we're going to stick with our $60 model with microtransactions. It was apparently worth that. That's very true. It's just, it's going to be a very dicey time in the video games industry. And Yeah. And it's going to be a weird eight years or so. But, but what's, inf- what's unfortunate, though, is that, you know, I may not love the Assassin's Creed game, but, I, you know... A couple of months after it's come out, and and I can pick it up for maybe forty bucks instead of the sixty. I'm in, right? Like sure. I, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'll go back. I'll see where they're at. But if if after a couple of weeks, after a couple of months, it's down to sixty bucks, I'm never buying that fucking game ever. I, right? I, I like, guess. I mean, eventually, the norm will have to be that the price has gone up. Yeah. Because basically, what we're talking about is that. Over time, these games will become cheaper, not more expensive. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and I just, again, and I don't know that Ubisoft has proved with a series like Assassin's Creed that that increased cost is justified. So, um, But there is something that needs to be done eventually. This is um, really where Nintendo's actually kind of fucked the industry, if anything, by because refu- <laughs> they were really by the being, ones who could have controlled that increase in price. And by being kind of afraid to do it for so long... They've entrenched sixty dollars into people's heads. Well, so oh, no, 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 no. Based no. on this, that wasn't Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. That was actually Sony. That was Sony. More. That yeah. wasn't Nintendo because yeah. Nintendo was using carts and Sony moved the disc and they could have made their shit fifteen dollars cheaper that's true. when it was coming out. Well, that was fair, Sony's true. fault. Uh, Nintendo actually back in the nineties when they were on carts hard were still. They were a lot of games were forty five or fifty. Yeah, and, and, and based yeah, on Miyamoto came out, they were fifty four ninety nine. My guy, based on Miyamoto's right. comments, I would not say that they were afraid to up the prices. This, That's this, fair. this is definitely something that he's just like, nah. This is what we're doing because it's right. But, I mean, there is two sides of it. There is the cost of doing business, which I very much realize is a reality. But at the same time, there's the consumer reality of what are consumers going to accept. Yeah. What what are they going to accept? What are they? uh, Where is the line? Where's the breaking point? And I do think that 100 bucks, that's the breaking point. You know what? Fuck it. Every game is free to play. And we sustain everything through microtransactions. Fuck it. Dude, that is the complete opposite way of the way that I would want things to go. (laughs) 
That is, I think, the worst way. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's not sustainable. That is actually far more sustainable than, than what we have now. Than what we have now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. Uh, let's review what we were talking about this week on the show. Uh, started off talking about the uh, tragedy down in Jacksonville, Florida at the uh, Madden 19 tournament. Um, we've been talking about this so much that I really don't even want to to, to rehash it here yeah. on the podcast. No. What, what, what I would recommend, actually, because we're at, we are putting it out, is the uh, the special stream that we did on Monday, two hours worth of it. Absolutely, yes. That was uh, myself, Robbie, and Norris uh, were a part of that. Joe did a uh, special video because uh, he had to work uh, with, with uh, his girlfriend, Sarah, Sassy Glasses. Um, so you can uh, check out that full presentation over at our website, CheckpointRadio.com, and on our podcast feed. Uh, hopefully you've already downloaded and listened to downloaded and listened to that but uh we then uh, talk about the latest in esports news as well as uh riot uh responding to the uh accusations and criticisms that dropped in kotaku uh, uh not just even a month ago yep. uh, about days i think yeah uh, about the uh insular bro culture that uh that exists over there and it seems like they're starting to make some of the right decisions uh to to be able to correct the ship I'll say this. There's nothing they could have written in a press release that would have made me happier than what I got. They couldn't have have done this better. I, I will think. get. Yeah, I'll give you that. They said all of the right things, and now they uh, just got to do it. Saying, you know, yeah, saying and doing two totally different things. Uh, we'll, we'll of course be paying very close attention to what the follow through actually is. But yes, this does seem on on all outward appearances to be a very genuine uh, uh, gesture to yep. be able to kind of correct the culture that's gone wrong over at Riot. Uh, we also talk about the uh, latest streaming game streaming service. Steam TV uh, debuting with the International 8. Some very cool features that came along with that. Very simple, but very cool features that came along with that that sometimes maybe you don't even realize you want right. when you're watching a stream. And then um, you have them, you're like, oh, this is great, yeah, actually. It's, it, actually, it's really good, especially marking you know big changes in uh, in, in momentum. In the That's play, huge. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so huge. Being able to just look at the stream and go like, oh, cool, there's four highlight moments I probably got to check. You, yeah. know what? you know what I would love to have added as a feature too whether it's on on steam tv or mixer or or or, or twitch and, and and they have something similar to this in, in overwatch where you can uh, assign a capture button you hit a single button in the last 30 seconds immediately recorded because it's one thing to be to go back later or to tell someone oh clip that for me it would be really great if i could just after i do something awesome just hit a button and boom i think that would be a perfectly pre- preset amount of time i think that would be boom. perfectly viable on something like twitch tv mm-hmm. like or steam already, TV, i mean excuse me uh steam tv oh. they've already they've already shown that they have the capabilities yeah. to do so yeah so Especially but if you could I, preset the amount of time like too. i said it, 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 and we alluded to it and we had to wrap up pretty fast when we we're talking about it on the show but i just i, I really fear what this could mean in terms of game developers and their relationship with streaming platforms because I really do see how easy it could be for developers to then go to streaming platforms and because the cost of games the prices have ballooned as we were just talking about going to Twitch or going to Mixer and saying hey do you guys like um, just want to pay us for exclusive streaming rights of our game especially indie games like you know award winning indie games oh man I could totally see that and and I just think that sets a dangerous precedent because uh, once we start carving up games to where we we can even watch them streamed I mean that's just a 
further fragmentation of the market, of even larger money grab, it, it, it would just be awful. Especially, On that note, Undertale coming to the Switch. Especially with the dissatisfaction of some of the Twitch users right now, based on some of the changes that uh, Amazon has made to uh, both the Amazon Prime membership as well as uh, the subscription uh, membership to Twitch. You know, there's a lot of people who don't f- feel like they're they're losing out on on revenue because of it. And uh, you know, if you're a popular streamer, you can actually make a jump off of a platform and still re- remain to be very successful. So you know, I I I really hope that this isn't the beginning of a adpocalypse type scenario for Twitch. Um, but Twitch is placed itself in a pretty precarious position, kind of pissing off a little bit of its user base at the same time that other companies are looking to come in and expand theirs. And that can actually lead to an environment where you start having fracturing of the audiences. And, and you know, we talked about this potential scenario where you've got Twitch and Mixer and and Steam TV as this triumvirate of, of streaming uh, uh, choices and and I, I don't I, as as a consumer of of streaming, um, you know, streaming content. I don't think I want that. I, 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 you know, I don't necessarily want only one game in town. I don't necessarily want only ever one option. But at the same time, Twitch has been so ubiquitous and so successful at what it does. And really pretty fair it's like, to to its users and creators i i i almost feel like it, it's it's it, it would be it would be sad to see that splinter it's like and, ESPN, and start to right? break it, apart it's yeah. like espn espn is still you know the name in sports they're still nbc sports they're still fox sports they're still right. all the other competitors but espn is still sort of the gold standard when it comes to sports presentation and I just don't want it to become to where there's this open war between games, you know, with between game developers and these streaming platforms and everybody sort of it becoming the wild, wild west to snatch up development deals well, or deals with developers. I mean, we can remember the days of exclusive, uh, you know, exclusive games mm-hmm. coming out on, on consoles console and staggered wars. releases. It happens way less these days because, you know, third party developers recognize that they want their software on multiple platforms, that that's going to net them way more money than any kind of exclusive deal with one of these big publishers or hardware manufacturers is going to be able to do. However, Microsoft has been making big investments in creating a studio that is bespoke to Microsoft, whether it's their indie efforts or whether it's their investments in larger studios to bring them under the Microsoft Studios umbrella. And I do worry that they are going to be able to have significant leverage when it comes to saying, listen, you can only stream X game on our platform. Which only harms the consumer. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I I I know we had a couple of people laughing in the chat room when we were talking about that. Like Mixer, nobody watches Mixer. Yeah, they you, they do actually. But if you can't if you can't watch it on Twitch and you can only watch it on Mixer, guess who's going to be downloading that Mixer app? Uh, we also uh, talked this week about the All- Overwatch All Star Weekend, which was a uh, really was fun watch. Mm-hmm. It was a really enjoyable watch. Uh, we were watching that on the road out in Connecticut and uh, really had a great time watching. And, uh, all of the events out there. Yeah, and uh, if you enjoyed the talent takedown, they are having a rematch, which by the time this is out, 
went down so make sure you go and check that out yeah we also uh give our perspective of the rocket league universal open as well as uh getting to hear from the champions cloud nine uh uh this was uh, such a fun weekend for us uh to to go check out and report from the rocket league universal open uh by the way again a full archive of all of our pre and post show coverage can be found at our website over at checkpointradio.com make sure you check that out because we've got plenty more conversations with the competitors including girls uh g2 esports complexities in there so make sure you check that out again full archive can be found over at our website checkpointradio.com we also spend some time talking to Corey from psionics to get a uh a look into uh what is in the future of competitive rocket league and it sounds like there's some really you know exciting stuff including a collegiate league that's going to be coming out here pretty soon i cannot wait for uh to get to see some of this and really the RLCS is what I'm just I'm just pumped for. It starts up next month, and I can't. I, I want to see like how does Scrub Killer do when he's uh on his uh, on a, a team his, of three exactly yeah, yeah, on a team yeah, yeah. of three. Yeah, well, be because, able to balance because, that. because we heard from multiple uh, 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 reps from Psionic as well as players that that it's definitely a different environment when you're in threes and you don't yes. really get the chance to make solo plays like that as often. So mm-hmm. yeah, and we end today's show talking about what was revealed out at Gamescom, Europe's largest gaming uh, trade show or convention. I'm not sure what it technically is, um, but uh, a lot of announcements going down out there obviously not quite as many announcements big announcements as something like e3 but we did of course get the big reveal of the cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. uh 48, 48 minutes, worth. minutes worth of uh of uh, of a, a walk through there and uh i gotta say i'm impressed by what i saw i do want to see what they do to end up innovating the the genre right uh yeah, I, see, I thought that was a very poignant point that you made like we look at this and we say oh we can see matrix ghost in the shell uh, uh deus ex When this game is done and out, what part of it are we going to say in future games? Oh, that cyberpunk right there. I think that's a valid that's question. That's very fair. That's no, a valid I question. I because- think it's valid. I'm, I'm just also, I'm just so hyped because this was, uh, with Red Dead, I got one thing that I always wanted, which sure. was a game, a good a, Western, because good Western, good Western. I love Westerns. Yeah, right? yeah. With Cyberpunk, I feel like I'm getting something that also I've always wanted, was a good Cyberpunk. Well, well here's the thing. Fair. What yeah, I'll yeah. say in Cyberpunk's Plus. defense, too, is uh, Deus Ex, uh, The Matrix, things like that. A lot of them stole from Cyberpunk. Okay, they, well, still. Well, it's, it's still Cyberpunk, the original RPG. The original RPG, yeah, RPG yeah, is based on. And Ghost in the Shell. So, yes. Something else, Norris, too, is that Cyberpunk is also poised to basically fill in that, that sci-fi genre now that Mass mm-hmm. Effect is out the window and... I really I hope mean, that. Where, what, what else is going to fill really that in? That. I, I really hope I, I, Anthem. that. I really hope that. Totally. Well, and the thing is, though, is, you know, when you look at CD Projekt Red's other projects, uh, The Witcher, you know, that wasn't necessarily anything that brought something new to the table, but it brought incredible quality. The present incredible characters. The, the, oh, absolutely. Based on a book, uh, but, uh, but the execution of the characters, the story, the world that that is set in, the quality was just top notch. And and this is a game where if the quality, the storytelling, if if all of that is good enough, it can probably overcome that issue of I, needing I, to add something new to the I genre. I agree, but it, characterization, characterization, and writing. I can't stress those that enough. Writing and characterization, if those... 
two things are good, this will be game of the year easily. Yep, that's all I need because honestly, looking back at a bunch of the games that, you know, these past years that have really been impactful for me, they're not games that tried to innovate. They've just taken what's already been done and they did it the best. Just think about it. From a gameplay perspective, is Mass Effect anything revolutionary? No. No. Nor was Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War. But yeah, those I, were was all just gonna say of, I was just going to say what a Dad of War <laughs> do different. Of yeah. War. <laughs> nothing, nothing revolutionary, but yeah. just characterization right. and yep. writing. That is very true. All right, Listen, that's going to be it for this week's uh, Checkpoint Radio podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for the Checkpoint Radio podcast. CheckpointRadio.com is where you can find out more about the show as well as full episodes on demand posted every Tuesday. It, actually, I take that back. Not Tuesday. Not Tuesday. Friday. 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 You can also check out interviews from past shows and a whole lot more. That's all over at CheckpointRadio.com. Stay up to date on all the latest by following us on social media. That's CheckPT Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like the show, consider dropping by our Apple Podcast feed and giving us a rating and a review. Checkpoint Radio is a production of Westwood One. Our theme is provided by the band Weird At Last. Big thanks to our producers, Rick Scott, Kevin Graham, and Christine Corpus. For the Checkpoint Radio crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan, I'm Nate Bender. Keep listening. You've been listening to the Checkpoint Radio Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tune into our weekly radio show. For more information and the latest on esports and gaming, go to CheckpointRadio.com.